It is time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode, and I know that people are going to immediately start the rumors. Uh, he's just fine. He's just not here with us. Uh, Brother Kyle is actually at a doctor's appointment as we speak, so he could not join us uh, for this Articles of News. But fear not, fear not, young lifers and converts. Uh, that we have uh, Annette Luthy Lyon, uh, she who runs our Instagram for the Cultural Hall. Uh, find and follow us on Instagram at the Cultural Hall. She is at the ready. She has feverishly put down her pen from writing her 219th novel and has decided to share with us uh, what she has gleaned from the latest of news. How are you, Annette? Doing well. I, I've got. I've had my second shot, and in a week I'll be fully protected. And the light is at the end of the freaking tunnel. So yay! <laughs> now, right? it, now in the process of COVID, you've had a grandbaby, right? One or two or ten or something. One. I've okay. had one grandbaby. She'll be one year old on June fifth. Um, and so, honestly, as hard as it was to not be able to see her in the hospital or hold her much at all when she was tiny, um, I'm kind of glad that if it had to happen when she was little, that it's ending as she's starting to recognize me right. and I'll build a holder and play with her. But um, her first birthday is also the day my next daughter will be sealed in the space and temple with her. And if she has a brand new fiance, they've been dating for a year, but you know, two month engagement. Sure. Why not? Sure. Do it. Why not? Why not? Are we, do, are so, we, are we not a fan of that? Is it too short for you? No. I, well, the irony is that like for the last nine months, maybe we thought, okay, I think they're getting pretty serious here. Uh -huh. Like, should we start thinking and planning ahead? Like, and it was like, nope, 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 nope. And then he proposed on the one year anniversary of their first date. And then it's like, okay, two months later, we're getting married. Wow. Wow. And, and the, the interesting thing though, is that my two daughters who are have now faced some of this, my older one, I would have predicted that she was the one that would have been organized and like spreadsheets and because she was the math major sure. but no um she was like i don't know i don't care she wouldn't answer my texts you know i was like <laughs> we're in a daylight and i have to make decisions so i was freaking out that this would be really bad um but this next daughter who's engaged she is a photographer and videographer she's worked a lot of weddings sure and as someone who's done that you yourself i'm sure know you're like oh i want to do that i don't want to do that mm -hmm. i want you know so she knows what she wants and so she's just like Mom, here's the photographer. They need a deposit of this much. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's the. This is what we're gonna do for the bridesmaids' dresses. And I'm like, I'm just being informed of stuff and handing over a credit card. And so far, so good. There we're you go. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as much as maybe yeah. you want to be involved in it, I bet there's something also to just be like, how much does that fit in the budget? Take that money and pay that person. Exactly. And she's really good about, you know, budget-wise, like. My sister had this thing, and I don't care about that, but I care about this other thing instead. So mm -hmm. I'll put that money toward the, I mean, she's been really good. One fun thing, though, um, her fiancé, and this is what kills me where you realize how old you are and how fast time goes. He did acting when he was little, and he's in some little commercials that many of our listeners will probably recognize. Like what? Like, um, there's one commercial that was... You know, there's like the, you know, encouragement, pass it on. Yeah, 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 sure. So he's in the one, and it, it also has um, David Nibley in it. Okay. I can know him. Uh -huh. everyone, so he, everyone goes, I don't know who that is until you see the picture of who David Nibley is. Nibble, and then yeah, you go, oh, yeah. oh, sure, yeah, most yeah. most but, I mean, the, a lot of people are, know him best from the best, um, from the, the best two years. But gee whiz, I went to high school with him, and, and my sister's married to his best friend. Hmm. A little fun thing there, but. Um, anyway, so Dave Nibley plays um, this dad. So you see him in this concert hall. He and his wife sit down, and they're like, well, where's Tommy? 
where's Tommy? And they're like, I don't know. I thought he was with you. And then you see the, 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 the curtain goes up and this little boy sitting on a piano plunking around with, you know, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Uh-huh. And the parents are like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This is terrible. Go get him. And then um, the pianist maestro guy comes out played by Kurt Fester. And he goes, keep going. And they start, then they play together this whole beautiful, cool thing. Uh-huh. And it's like, good job, kid. You know, this adorable little thing. I swear that I remember seeing it and it doesn't feel like it would have been, I don't know, 15 plus years ago, but it had to have been because mm-hmm. he was only six then. What I was Crazy. Re- what I was really hoping is that when you watched that commercial 15 plus years ago, that you thought one day my yeah. young daughter <laughs> is going to marry that young pianist with yeah. Kurt Bester. Yeah. 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 There's another church one too when he comes in and says, dad, can you play ball with me? And he's like, sorry, son, I can't right now. And he goes, dad studies show yeah. that by the time i'm 12 you know mm-hmm. so that, that's him again it's just like if nothing else i can go i am likely to have continue to have very cute grandchildren sure <laughs> are you now are you so. worried though because with a with a storied career like that are you worried that he has plateaued already like it like he's already reached <laughs> his peak like that's it and it's all downhill from here or is there any sort of worry about that you know he hasn't he's kind of was like ah something i did as a kid uh-huh. He's not into it anymore. No. So, hmm. Hmm. so yeah, I, he's he likes golf and likes to do that competitively and that kind of thing. But so, yeah, he's a good kid. How we're, fun. We're you know, we are honored. I didn't know if this was going to happen or not. Um, but I think if I if if I'm seeing my computer correctly, we have uh, Janae Manite, oh, Janae! who who was, in fact, able oh. to silence all the kids in her house and able to join us. <laughs> Uh, for for this portion, how are you, Janae? Good, good. It and is as for good internet. Oh goodness, the internet. We'll see how that goes today. Yeah, you sound great. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Now, we'll take it. Now, are are you here in an official "Let's Do Articles of News" capacity, or are you here in the planning the party for Brother Kyle capacity? Because I've heard that the uh, the big party for Brother Kyle has already been set in motion. I just want to make sure that I give you oh. proper time. That's happening. That's the what we can talk about whatever. But yes, Kyle's party is definitely happening now. Uh, it's it, it is worth you guys uh, being a Patreon saint of the cultural hall uh, because you get to see the fine headboard behind Janae Manite <laughs> and also the fine headboard <laughs> behind Annette Luthie Lyon. Apparently the place to do articles of news. I'm a fool. I'm doing it in the studio outside my house. You guys are doing this the way that it should be, which is properly strewn about your bed with headboard in the back. Well, it's that. Well, we realized before that my closet worked, but that didn't look great. Um, and my office isn't really in a good position. I'm repainting and stuff, and it's also kind of echoey. So you know what? Comfort on the bed works. You sound you sound good. You look good, Janae. What's new with you? We were just mentioned with Annette that uh, her daughter is going to get married. I'm going to let it slide. Oh. I'm going to let it slide that she mentioned that she's getting married and hasn't asked me to DJ that huge celebration yet. We're not going to bring that up and make an awkward <laughs> moment here in the cultural hall. What's new that with you? Awkward. I'm I'm so good. Um, let's see what's new with me. Uh, husband and I just got called to Trek for this c- upcoming summer. Now you've done so that, that before though, because I think when I, have. I think when I lived around you previously, as we were from the same ward, that's how you came to be in the cultural hall. You guys served as a Trek ma and pa back then, or was it nurses? Um, no, we have no medical training. Yeah. So, so no one wants to have us be nurses. <laughs> um, 
no one, no one wants that. I mean, I can put on a band aid real good. Sure. Real good. Sure. Let me tell you. But, um, but no, Is we it were, boo-boo? yeah. Yeah. Right. We were a ma and pa. And so I feel, um, I feel kind of guilty. Like, oh no, we got to do it last time and now we get to go again. So, uh, yeah, ex- extra blessed. But we love that stuff. So, I've got lots of people planning on doing it again this year. I, I yes, almost I know. It just not happen. I mean, they all got canceled last year, but luckily they're like, well, you know, it's an outdoor activity trek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, where the the risk for that is pretty low, especially when it's all the youth. So. Uh, so yeah, it's happening and we get to go. We're really excited. I just, well, and then in Utah, we're also, it's, it's cool that we get to have 16 and up. We're now eligible for the vaccine. So there'll be a lot of kids protected, I imagine, by then. Although yeah. I, th- I think nationwide, uh, aren't they saying by the 1st of May that, uh, yeah. that everybody will be available yep. 16 plus nationwide, every state, uh, based yes. on the trajectory of folks. That's pretty cool. Awesome. I, I, uh, I have had my first dose scheduled two different times and I've had to back <laughs> out. I haven't done it yet. Not because, uh, not because I'm not going to do it. There are still plenty of people in Salt Lake County where I live, uh, that need to get their shots, but I have had things come up in the last moment where I've had to pitch my, uh, my appointment to somebody else. So I'll get there. I'll get there. Good. It's happening. Good stuff. It's happening. I'm, I'm also a little afraid of it. Not because like the Bill Gates thing or the chip thing or the, you know, you know, blood clot thing or anything like that. I just felt so horrible when I had COVID. Oh, I have have just enough fear about getting the the thing that like if something sort of comes up and maybe I could have worked through it. I'm like, no, no, no. We'll let somebody else. We'll let somebody else do it. I'm still going to do it. I'm going to get there. Just plan on the next day. Just not having a, a work day. Right. Because well, so my husband had COVID too, but last fall, and the for him the first shot was the worst. Because right. and and I guess some of the theory is that if you've had COVID, the first shot acts like the second kind of because your body has some antibodies. Right. And so yeah, he was he it wasn't as bad as COVID for sure, but yeah, his the second shot was like eh, not yeah. a big deal, and the the first one really hit him. So yeah. but, anyway, but super important. Not to feed into your fear. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, the first be terrible. It will be the worst. Now, uh, I should also go, also ask you, Janae. Uh, so, party for Kyle. You're being a a, a ma at uh, Trek. Is there anything else that has been going on recently? As you give us a tour of your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, as you see everything. I my face was looking super weird and strange, and so I was like, maybe I'll just shut those blinds. I go. don't know. Uh, actually the big thing at our house right now is we finally decided, you know, we've been in our house for about 10 years. I think we could probably do with some like updating and things like that might be fun. Mm -hmm. And so I told my husband, you know, our house. So if you've ever been to my house, anyone that's, which is basically just probably you, Richie, which is most Um, everyone listening, everyone, um, it's one giant like rectangular box mm-hmm. like my ceilings are all the exact same height and it's just a humongous great room and it was like you know our house is pretty much like perfect for a coffered ceiling and if you don't know what a coffered ceiling is it's essentially not beams up on the ceiling but like long rectangular boxes more mm-hmm. um and then you you put those boxes or you, you you put those long boxes in a grid pattern and then you put typically crown molding on the edges of each of those uh the sides of the boxes okay and that is it's like a it's a more traditional oh, like I, I, I just 
I just Googled it. That is, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this would be kind of nice and perfect. And my husband is like, what, what are you talking about? So I showed him a picture. He's like, I could do that. He is not a, like a carpenter or has any sort of real background in construction, (laughs) but he's like, I I can do that. And my mom actually, it's really funny. She's like this tiny little hundred pound woman, 60 year old woman. She was a finished carpenter a couple of years ago for a good while. Really? Um, it's just so funny. She's like itty bitty and has to have like special tools that are small enough to fit her hands. <laughs> but oh, I love she, would, she would go with all of these like young, really, really rough, you know, rough and gruff construction worker guys and finish these beautiful, impressive houses. Um, and so she was like, oh yeah, I want, I want to help do that. So between my husband and my mom, they put together this massive undertaking of uh, putting a coffered ceiling up in our house. And it took a long time and it was tons and tons of work, but it, it, and yesterday we actually got everything painted. And so that's finished. So we have been like, there's no, there's no, the, the top, the level of like life disruption that this has had has been high, to say the least with, with three little kids. So we have basically no furniture in the main part of our house. Everything's like shoved into little like sections of our living room. Um, and there's like a nice layer of construction dust constantly yeah. all over everything. So cooking has been interesting. Cause I'm like, well, do we want to eat some MDF powder? Do, do we want to do that? Or do we want to just go to the in-laws house 20 minutes South? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, but, um, but it, it is done. So that is something new that has just happened for us that we're pretty happy about. And I mean, I could literally go, it, I already gave you a tour of my, uh, of my bedroom. Um, those that can see me on uh, Patreon. I can take you in there and show you. You know what? We'll do this. Uh, send <laughs> send me a picture of your coffered ceiling, and we will make it the uh, photo for this episode that people will see at theculturalhall.com. That way, okay. everyone Great. can see it. That's cool. But man, disruptive, right? Whenever you're doing home Where construction in, in the winter too, because you could you couldn't like eat outside with the family in January. We, I couldn't take the kids yeah. to a park. I we couldn't go eat outside. Oh. It was it was a lot of dropping in on the in laws or or whoever it was. It was it was funny. But I will say, it was so much more work and so uh, just just so much more than we ever expected. So I'm like extra super grateful and proud of my mom and my husband for pulling it off and making it look like a professional did it. Like making it look sharp and not janky or just thrown mm-hmm. together. Like we tried, Yeah. like, you know, we figured we'd save some money and do it on our own. And this is us nailed it. <laughs> yeah, We can uh, tell. Yeah. 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 I was really hoping that when you first said it, you said coffined ceiling. And, you know, like a vampire sleeps on the ceiling I mean, and like the thing knows, opens up. I have joined a coven and <laughs> we have um, installed the coffins in our home now. <laughs> um, I, I'll i be wearing extra white makeup since there's so much dark pigment to, uh, to cover. Because sure. if you don't know me, I'm the ethnically vague. What is yeah. it? Yeah, ethnically vague. Uh, racially dis... Uh, discombobulated ambiguous 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 racially ambiguous Uh Shanaemonite so um yeah so if anyone wants to come over for a seance or two (laughs) got those coffins in place coffin or coffered you know that's I love it 
essentially. I, I, you know what? I, I don't know how we get any better than if anyone wants to come over for a seance or two. That's it, everybody. Episode <laughs> over. We don't. We do not. Can't stop it. We do not get any better than this. Uh, so Virginia, you are welcome. Uh, so I just want to share this real quick. Um, one, I'm speaking in church on Sunday. Um, uh, I'm super excited about that. They caught me. That's what I get for going to church in person last Sunday. Hey, do you have a minute? And I have been so out of touch and out of practice from evading the bishop brick that I was like, yeah, you bet. And then instantly I went, oh, I know what this is. They aren't wondering about what my health is like. They are dying for people who will come in person to do the talks because you're not allowed, at least in my ward, you're not allowed to be home and do your talk as part of sacrament meeting. You actually have to be in the chapel. Yeah. Though I have heard that other people have done like their talks from uh, their Zoom wherever they're at. So they wrote me into it. Uh, we're, I'm supposed to talk about whatever the Come Follow Me is for Sunday. True confre- confession. I have no idea what that is uh, for this Sunday. So I need to do some research still. Um, I-, I would chastise you, but I haven't looked yet either. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Janae, do you know what uh, it is? Uh, it's... It's DNC 40 to 40. Nope, you're making stuff up. All right, so I'm not worried not about that. that. And then the other <laughs> thing is... Little, I probably could have told it too. So. N- nice try, both of you. Let, let, let us all be called to repentance. Nice try, the both of you. Uh, and then the other thing is um, we are in the early stages of moving, which is... Uh, oh, you chose. Yeah. You yeah, so we will be moving. Uh, where to, we don't know. Uh, right before we recorded uh, this, we went and looked at a property, and the property looks awesome, and the house is a piece of garbage. And so we're trying to find we're trying to find some place that has like a nice place, like hey, we like this place ish, and we like this house ish. And so far, all we've found is, man, that's the greatest house dropped in the worst neighborhood ever, and sell a kidney to be able to be able to afford it, or. Like, mm-hmm. man, that house is an absolute garbage pile. Can we get a bulldozer to take it out? But look at the property and the view of the this and all that stuff. So it is a long road to hoe, and it will only be worse as people are paying, you know, 50 grand over market price to be able to live here in yeah. Salt Lake. It's just absolutely insane. So, well, now you brought up before is this situation where you're like, I, I feel com- even if it's a garbage heap, you're like, I can fix it up again. We'll have Trent come over and put some coffee feeling. L- listen, uh, maybe. I there's there's a part of me that sort of looks at this house that I had. Uh, you know, the round one of the homesteadman that was like, that was a fun project. May I never do that ever again? Because it was that was intense. A couple years in the making, and I think we're gonna do fine as we find our way out of it, uh, financially speaking. But it's super sad. We've we've built it to be the place that um, just suits our needs really well. But you know, looking to maybe have other needs be suited uh, as we look for something a little different, maybe a little bit bigger with some other amenities. Because you know. We haven't made the choice yay or nay as far as the kids go. So we have to, if we decided that we wanted to have kids, please bless. Uh, yay! Yeah, yeah. Yay! Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'll throw a maybe. Um, favor. I, I would, uh, we would need to have just a little bit more space. And if I can be quite honest, uh, we're, we're surrounded by Airbnbs on both sides, which was fine when no one was renting them. But for the last year, people from all over the country, because Utah is more open than most states, 
uh, mm-hmm. yahoos from states that are locked down have come in and have all night parties and playing, you know, beer pong mm. until two or three in the morning. And both places have hot tubs. And we're just we're just sort of over it. We're sort of over that yeah. riffraff. And thinking ahead as a parent, you live, on, you live on a pretty busy street. Right. So if you were to have a quieter street, that's conducive to, to yeah. your family. Yeah. We're thinking maybe yeah. a little more suburbia. I don't know. I don't Come know. Where? Where do you and I are both uh, we don't know. We don't know. Honestly, it really will. We've looked all over the Salt Lake Valley. I want to be able to have a place that has a studio. I am... Um, I guess I could talk about this here. I'm I'm looking into, in addition to the DJ stuff that I do, I'm going to be starting another business. Um, and I want to have that business run out of my home. I have a little bit even more polished uh, studio, kind of professional level studio. I'm going to be bringing people in. And you guys know how, um, like, when your parents are starting to get a little bit older or, like, your grandparents or whatever, you're like, oh, man, if I could have only had the chance to sit them down and ask them about meeting grandma or, you know, whatever those kind of things are. Um, we're, we're building a, a structure of a business so that I can interview folks and then have video and audio professionally done so that if you wanted to have that kind of keepsake of your parents or grandparents or your spouse, they could come. I would interview them, find out things. You know, you could give me some questions and it would also kind of just be a, a, a life diary that they tell uh and then you could have a copy of it so that's way cool yeah 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 pretty cool so we'll fantastic yeah we'll see we'll see that's what i'm hoping to have uh kind of come about and uh i don't know so we'll see we're only at the beginning stages of the moving thing and oh well good luck well you work at the byu so are you you'll go quite a bit closer hopefully let me ask both of you what you know about me do you think that i would like utah county at all it depends on the city yeah okay it seriously things are so different than they were like i mean i grew up in orem and yeah so yeah and that's right there the these things are so different than they were 20 30 years ago it's very i mean it's not like it's not like you're gonna be feeling like you're downtown salt lake but also the um the stereotypes that people don't necessarily love mm-hmm. not really there anymore yeah mm-hmm. you'll you're gonna find you're gonna find things like that even even up near downtown salt lake you're the same thing here and there and everywhere i don't know social media or just things changing signs of the times the whole bit it has just changed the dynamic down there to where it's not such a stark contrast at least that's my opinion so i'm just i'm just judgmental enough though to think that i'm not utah county material so (laughs) we haven't really looked into it too much plus you never know radio jobs like my my job at byu like i can go to work one day and they'll be like hey can you stay after and talk to us for a little bit and i'm like oh am i speaking in sunday and they'll say no you're fired and so you always sort of take things like that i would i would hate yeah. to kind of gear you know my whole life toward that where everything else i do is in salt lake i don't mind the drive the commute from salt lake to provo let's well, um you can always do like a draper you know yeah yeah you're yeah. kind of halfway between the two i mean i did bluffdale and i met people like janae right, yeah. so i'm not quite sure i want to do that again <laughs> it's I just to molly jenny because she lives in provo now i'm in america fork now but i did grow up in provo so and it's quite different 
So we'll figure it out. Let's uh, let's take a break. Are you sticking around to do news too, Janae? Um, I if you would like me to, I don't have any of my own news, so okay. I'm kind of I'm just, kind of lazy. Just commenting in, in on it. That's fine. Let's take a break and we'll come back and do actual articles of news. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com and we'll get you taken care of. A lot of people think uh, of great ideas for podcasts, but fewer actually execute on those ideas. Have you had something that you've been lolling, mulling over, lolling over? That's been in the back of your mind is what I mean to say that you've been thinking about for a while and you're like, yeah, you know what? I might really want to do that as a podcast. Well, as it turns out, uh, in addition to doing this here show, I also do podcast consulting and teach a class that will help you take you from your idea to publishing. So if you want to reach out, there's all the ways to reach out to us at The Cultural Hall. You can send us a message or contact at theculturalhall.com. I would love to be able to speak to you about how we can make your idea for a podcast a reality. Again, contact at theculturalhall.com or you can find uh, The Cultural Hall on any social media at The Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half, it's time for actual articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. I want to get uh, a couple of uh, these first ones out of the way. Uh, BYU in the news um, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, if you have not listened to the um, the devotional with a man from the sociology department at BYU, I want to say it was last Tuesdays. And unfortunately, I don't have his name in front of me, uh, but he is a black gentleman who talks about race and the church. He's a sociologist at BYU. I feel really bad that I don't have his name. Uh, I'm looking to find it because I remember, yeah, I think it was maybe a week ago. Yeah, it is an amazing. There will be a link at theculturalhall.com, but his, now I forgot what they're called, his uh, 11 o'clock on Tuesdays at BYU. What are they called? Devotional. Uh, His devotional is really awesome. Uh, I have invited him to be into the cultural hall uh, with the end of the school year and all of those things. He doesn't have time to do it right now, um, but that is worth the listen to go and listen to that. Did you catch his name, Annette? I found the archive and now it's like, why speaker? So I have to go close by day. Uh, <laughs> you know. We'll get it. Uh, so that's one thing where oh, BYU- here it is. Ryan 
Ryan Gabriel. Yeah, Ryan Gabriel. Thank you. April uh, that, 6th. That is worth checking out. That's the April 6th devotional from BYU. So that's one thing. Uh, there is a new um, website that was published by the College of Family Life at BYU, uh, and they launched it earlier this last week, and it has already been sort of um, closed down. Uh, it, it, they, they are doing some changes on said website because uh, of some just... How would I describe this? Uh, naivete, maybe? Um, there, one of the particular sections that they're talking about uh, that people screenshotted and then shared all over the internet um, is talking about how, you know, when, when we're married, we are sexually active with, with our partner. And then when we uh, get divorced or if we are widowed or widower, um, that we uh, then would essentially become sexually inactive and that can leave some holes in our life. And they just had some bad copywriting with talking about um, sexual activity and holes. You can find oh, the link to it. No. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, oh, no. it's so uh -oh. hilarious. I applaud the College of Family Life at BYU for what they're trying to do because I really do think it is a needed thing. But you know how... Like you, you write something and Nanette, you can probably appreciate this. You write something and you let a lot of people of different backgrounds and different minds and different levels of understanding sort of look at it so that, you know, where you think this is completely innocent and so powerful and everything like that. When someone else oh, goes, yeah. but do you realize it sounds like what you're saying is this? And they you got have caught to in have that. outside eyeballs because there's no way you can see the problems because you know what's in your head. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I had a friend once who was writing about a, it was a, a novel within had a PI. He was concerned about like a mole in the department and in the middle of his, his thing, he goes, he has to relieve himself. He goes into the bushes and ponders the leak. <laughs> I mean, just things like that where you're just like, that's not what you meant. Sure. So yeah. And that's a really minor one, but yours. Yeah. You've got to have somebody else look at it. The old urban, the old urban myth in here in the Salt Lake Valley is about 20 years ago or so when um, they were really trying to push the senior mission couples, you know, like, hey, think about serving a mission when you're older. Right. It was really pushed. Uh, not only should you plan to um, serve a mission as an older couple, but make that a part of your discussion as you're, you know, as you're visiting with your future spouse, if you're not married or if you still have kids in the home, start making the plans now to be able to serve a mission. And the billboard, as the story goes, I've never actually seen it, um, so I don't know that they're real, but as the story goes, the billboard said, bored, question mark, try a missionary position. And that billboard apparently was ripped down. Now, I don't know that it's real, but it is the very thing that I think, yes, the naivete that could be with that mind that would say, no, of course, this means this very innocent and very sweet That's thing. That's not what I meant. That, that isn't what I, oh, you guys are ruining everything. Uh, so that is the two of three stories from uh, from BYU. The last one is you will see if you follow any of the universities in the state of Utah's social media, the subtle shade that is being thrown 
at BYU. Now, we talked about the story a couple weeks ago uh, when the uh, students with the different colored flashlights went up to the Y and did the rainbow on the Y, right? They didn't paint it. It was lights and it was illuminated. People took pictures and and BYU very quickly said, we did not authorize the, the lighting of the Y tonight. Well, Utah Valley uh, University, which is right next to BYU, essentially, did a big thing that has essentially said, love, we love everyone. We love you no matter what. Please come to our university. And it's sort of that subtle dig. The U up at uh, the University of Utah, they wrapped the cement U in the rainbow flag. And most recently, Old Main at Utah State uh, lit up their uh, old main building with the rainbow colored lights and said, yes, we did this. And even more, we did this intentionally. And even more, we would love everyone to come here. So it's that subtle university shade that's being thrown uh, here in the state of Utah. I thought that was at least worth a mention. Uh, That's one of those situations where I can see someone in the PR going, oh, wait, we have to make sure people know that we didn't authorize it without thinking through how that would this was, I don't know. Yeah. Not yeah. a good choice. Yeah. In my yep. situation for BYU. You say that yeah. again, Janae? Sorry. It's a, I feel bad for BYU because it's a lose-lose situation for them. Yeah. And, and and to the point, and this is an exciting future uh, episode of the Cultural Hall, like the, the culture and acceptance on BYU's campus is changing. I visited with Ben Shalati, who uh, works in the Honor Code office. He's a gay gentleman. Uh, works at BYU, works in the Honor Code office, uh, has written a book, A Walk in My Shoes, that uh, Deseret Book is is publishing and that people can pick up. And you can actually save 15% by using the uh, the promo code Richie or use the link at theculturalhall.com. You can do that now, even though we haven't aired the episode yet. Um, but he talks about how the, uh, the changes that he's seen just in the time that he's been there, that there is more love, more acceptance, more conversation even going around about it. But then for every two steps we have that go forward there's one we did not authorize this step backward that can be pretty difficult for sure what do you got annette so yeah so i want this this is kind of a fun one for me since i got to see kind of the backstage view of some things so talking about roots tech and how that went down um that was earlier in um it's all a blur now it was was it late march it's a late part of February, last week of February. February. Oh my goodness. So here's the thing. So back in about August or September-ish, um, so my husband works for Family Search, but his name had been tossed around as someone who could handle the tech needs for Roots Tech. So in August, he was approached and saying, hey, to the, his team, saying, can we borrow him for a while until Roots Tech is over? Um, and then it was like, a, oh, 80% Roots Tech, 20% Family Search. And it turned into everybody wanting him all the time, but mm-hmm. which is lovely, but stressful, especially when you can be reached at any moment at home, <laughs> working from home. Um, but as we got pro- closer and closer, um, he was literally working 18 hour days. I had, no- it was insane. I'd like, bring him water bottles and here's some food and, Jeez. you know, sneak out as he's having these meetings and crisis things happening going on. But the fun thing that was, that I found out going into it. So usually Roots Tech is, you know, an in-person event. Um, and it's big. People come from all over the world and they've had, you know, really big names come in and yeah, huge keynote, not member of the church speakers that, yeah, like many amazing, big, huge keynotes. And with the pandemic, they had to shut it all down. And so they decided we'll make it all online, all global and all free. Yeah. 
So um, they were like, okay, we're going to probably significantly increase how many people will be participating. So they're like, well, let's say, let's plan on say, instead of 40,000, which we usually get, let's plan on like say 200,000. Mm-hmm. And so that, I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, that was the number my husband was given. And he's like, it's free online. Well, it's going to be higher than that. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Let's double that. This will be on the safe side. We'll do like 400,000 to make sure that the system can bear that weight. Um, he learned all of this new technology that he had never known before. So we're watching it on conference in the fall. And he's like, so the, the this thing with the VAT and the video feeds, I know what they're doing there. I'm like, okay, I hmm. don't even know what that meant. Yeah. Um, figuring out all the foreign language stuff. And anyway, it was insane. So the night before Roots Tech officially opened, they crossed, um, sorry, actually backing up one more step. Um, Elder Bednar apparently is in charge of some of this. I mean, he's like the highest. Yeah, he you know, oversees all- it, I would suspect, yeah. Yeah. So every, any little department event, you have like, eventually you'll go high enough to get to a 70 and then you'll go up to one of the 12. So Elder Bednar had said, I want you guys to have a goal to, to reach a million people with Roots Tech. Wow. And they were like, <laughs> cute, you know, especially 40,000 up to a million. They're like, okay, cute. I'm keeping in mind that there's no way the system could handle that load anyway. Yeah. Um, so the night before Roots Tech opened, they already had 500,000 registered users. Oh my gosh. Well, half a million the night before, but then they're like, okay, but how many people are actually going to follow through? It's free. People will forget it's time zones, you know, whatever. So I thought that's not huge. That's awesome. But, um, no, the number kept going up and up and up. And then Friday night, um, which was the last night into the final day, um, he wasn't coming to bed and I knew that they were done for the day. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, we were so close to a million. The whole team's just wait, hoping to, to see it click over to a million. It's like 1am. I'm like, go to bed. We need to be up early for this for to work again. Um, in the end, it was 1.1 million. Wow. Wow. And literally, my husband was like, I mean, he was, it, it was like, there's no way the the um, the website, all of the stuff that they had, there's no way it, sh- it should have handled that load. Hmm. Um, even with upping up everything that he did, he's like, there's just, and they were fixing things on the fly. They're, there's terms he's used that I'm like, I don't even know what that means because you just don't do that live. You, you, put these things out there after you've tested things and advanced and blah, blah, blah. they were throwing crap out and solving problems. And I mean, it's just like, it's literally a miracle that this worked, but 1.1 million people participated in Roots Tech worldwide. And it's like, there were, I can't remember how many languages that there were talks in. And, and, and I mean, it's like, it was dozens, hmm. including various types of Chinese and all kinds of, it was just amazing. So how, seeing it from this side and going, wow, that was not only I had no idea how much work went into its tech, but um, also, and then this had never happened before on the scale, but also the, the miracles really did come through. Cause it was like, we're going to do our best and then God just better fill in the rest. Cause what, what else can we do? Right. And you know, sorry, Kyle. Yeah. I was just going to say, you hear that brother <laughs> Kyle, a literal miracle. Really also, uh, I heard that after the 1.1 million, uh, they asked elder Bednar uh, what he thought about it. And he said, Oh, that was a tender mercy. Uh, yes, true, exactly. true to fo- true to form, <laughs> as he would. Uh, this was just an interesting. This is just a quickie uh, story. Do you guys know who Tony Finau is? Does that name sound familiar to oh, you? Oh, it rings a bell, but I couldn't tell you. Football player? Nope, nope. Although, good guess. He's a golfer, uh, a very, okay. very uh, good professional golfer. Um, an athlete. His so my son-in-law TV would know him. I'm sure. His wife. Uh, was recently interviewed 
And as part of the interview, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff about her and there's a bunch of stuff about him and that he, you know, he played for BYU, blah, 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 blah. But the takeaway that I had from this article is you remember uh, a few years ago, um, the basketball phenom Jabari Parker, he hasn't sort of really developed into what everyone thought he would be uh, in the NBA, but very, very talented. Also a member of the church. That's Tony Finau's cousin. That's the point that I got from this particular article. I had no idea they were related. But thank you, Ancestry.com and the people who did that article. They now let me know that they are, in fact, uh, related. What else do you have, Annette? So one, a couple of interesting new callings that have come out since in the last general conference. One that I thought was interesting because I didn't know this was a position to get called to. Um, there's two new directors of church hosting. And I was like, what is that? And so apparently um, it's, it's a retired couple and it's a mission. And it's essentially, um, so it's, it's um, elder, he's an emeritus general authority 70. He and his wife, let's see, what is her name? Erlin. Um, they, they help host because there's foreign leaders, diplomats, dignitaries, they come to the headquarters and they want, you know, tours. And so these are the ones who then lead that, which makes perfect sense. But I had never thought that was, I am like, oh, that's a calling. I hadn't thought about that, but. That sounds I, like an so awesome calling. One, yeah. Um, we have a new um, Area 70, um, Elder Clark G. Gilbert, who, Richie, you interviewed for episode 494 just recently. Yeah. So he was the, he's, he used to be over pathways. So if everyone wants to give that, that one a listen, just back up a little bit, 494, and that's Elder Clark C. Gilbert, now a new Area 70. Uh, oh, also, kind of- also, my boss, uh, we mentioned this briefly before, but because I work at the BYU, uh, one of my bosses, in fact, the, the, like the boss that's the head of our building, he got called to be a 72, and he's been like putting in a bunch of new initiatives. And then the Monday after General Conference, he's like, well, see ya. <laughs> good, good luck with everything. Uh, oh, we're That's, really happy about it, but I'm gonna go do this church calling thing full time. See you later. Yeah, and that, that's actually one thing, especially if it's a full time calling like that. That um, people often think, oh, it must be so exciting to have like your dad be a seventy or this or that. Uh, or I think I think of even me at this like Uchtdorf children hearing their dad being called into the twelve. It's it's not a calling. It's a, it's a lot of sacrifice. That's what it kind of comes down to. And if it's not, you know, first form of the 70, it's not life. But if it, it is that or it's if it's the 12, it is life. And that's the whole family sacrificing. So it's one of those things. I have a, I have a cousin whose um, father-in-law was called to the 70. And it was only a five-year thing. And people went, oh, congratulations. And she's like, no, we basically lose him for the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get it. So. Yeah, I mean, Sometimes people seem to remember that. For sure. Uh, it segues pretty well, actually, into the next story. Um, this out of um, the, let's see, straight.com is where this comes from. The headline is Mormon-affiliated broadcaster has a come-to-Jesus moment on LGBTQ characters. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this, but BYU TV will start including LGBTQ characters on its TV shows. Oh, I did see that. After Canadian writers and producers uh, voiced concerns over exclusionary unwritten rules on the Mormon church-affiliated broadcasters' productions. Uh, Quote, our upcoming series Overlord and the Underworld... Underwoods 
will have LGBTQ characters. BYU TV, TV's Canadian producer and partner Marble Media uh, said in an email on April 8th, uh, we've been having conversations with BYU TV about LGBTQ representation in future seasons of the Parker Andersons and Amelia Parker. And, uh, and I am fascinated to see how this comes about as you yeah. As you know, uh, based on that and what we know about BYU TV, those um, characters have not been featured uh, within films. There was also another article talking about, I think it was the Parker Andersons, about how uh, some writing had to be taken over because it was essentially writing the black perspective but mm-hmm. from from a white perspective, and so some uh, some other writers were brought in to give a more authentic appeal to how that is. Now I should stop and say um, one thing is I have reached out to the folks whom I work with to be able to have them in, and we'll do a special episode of the Cultural Hall just to talk about it to see you know how this came about and 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 what this means and you know where everything like that is because I think that there's just a lot of unanswered questions um that that's one part of it uh but the the second part I think that's worth noting is when you think of BYU TV or BYU radio I think a lot of people think oh those are the college kids that put together you know this show and I guess the forward facing things if you saw Studio C you could kind of look at it and be uh-huh. like oh those are those are college age kids they're just doing the college TV. You know, these are BYU yeah. TV and BYU radio hires out production companies, Canada for that one, other ones here in Utah, other places to go and film these series. And 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 the production house may not have anything to do with the church. It might just be, you know, some some group that they've hired and give them them kind of the the constraints of the particular project, both budget and what they want the project to be. And then they say, go and do it. So it, it is uh, it is changing. I can tell you this much. I know there's a lot of people that are waiting to see how is this going to be received? How, you know, LGBTQ characters on BYU TV, how will this be received by the general viewing audience? And I guess we just wait and see at this point. I think also I'm curious to see how they will be portrayed. Right. You know, what kind I of think, storylines yeah. will they show up in? Yep. Yep. And how they're received is probably all uh, up to how they are portrayed, like you said. Right. Do you and your kids watch the BYU TV, Janae? We sure do. Not I, very, not very often, but we do. They they don't get a lot of TV time, and when it when we do, it's like Moana. <laughs> but now now I, when now when you and your kids watch Moana, I just need to know because I have my suspicions. Do you go put on your Moana costume before you watch it, like you know the Ilsas and Annas before they watch Frozen? You're like, hold on, I've got to go put on my Moana outfit. Give me just a second, kids. My nightgown, my Moana nightgown. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's. I next time I'll make sure. Ah, uh, Jasmine uh, costume. Yeah. <laughs> so, I literally have Jasmine pajama pants. So, those are those are frequented around the house here. That's anyone sure. anyone who is surprised, opposed by the same sign. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, what else? What else do you have, Annette? So, uh, kind of interesting thing. For, I, I thought it was interesting anyway. The, the man who designed the CTR shield has passed away on March 31st. He was in his 80s. His name was Joel Izat. I think that's how you pronounce it. I-Z-A-T-T. Uh, it might be Izat. I'm not positive. Um, 
according to his obituary, he was a graphic design artist and his work is seen mostly anonymously all over the state of Utah. Hmm. And I, um, my kids actually went to, went to high school with some kids with the same last name. So I reached out to them because I wanted to find out if, if there was something I could point to. And I didn't, I struck out there, but a little piece of trivia, I thought that some people might not know about the CTR shield. Um, it is one of the very few things that the church has a trademark on. Hmm. Oh, so you are not allowed to use it um, on, on, and then sell something of your own thing. So you, you will not find like cross stitch patterns or things like that that have the CTR shield on them because it's, you'll get a cease and desist. Hmm. And I know this because I have a colleague who was writing a little series of kids books and it was like the CTR club and you can call things CTR, but every chapter heading had a little shield on it. And, um, and so did the cover and they got that cease and desist and they had to buy all these little stickers and cover each one oh with gosh. some other little logo that they created because they weren't allowed to use a trademark like that. So you can't, yeah, CTR Shield is trademarked and he was created by a man named Joel, like I said, Isaac or Izzat, I'm not sure. All, Very cool. Also interesting, the original iteration of the shield only had the C and the R. There wasn't the the, the the right. T for uh, the in choose the right on the uh, on the rings, but they decided it made it sounded better. It made for a better shape, a better look. And so that's why we have the CTR. You would always say yeah. CTR, but the ring itself was like C on one side and R on the other. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yes. I know, and then a lot of languages don't use the, the, the it's just two words in many languages. So I have a Finnish CTR and it's a VO, which is kind of cool, but... That's awesome. I had one that was Filipino that said Pat because the letters translated into Filipino were P-A-T. And I was I was that rebel with the different CTR ring. I'm so crazy. Oh, one fun one. When my, parents, when my parents were in, um, they were on one of their many church things. They were um, over the Jerusalem Center. And my mom went to a jeweler over there and actually had them design. A, it's, like a, it's a band that looks like the Hebrew letters and it's at CTR and Hebrew. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> cool. So it's not the shield, but unless you know what you're looking at, you have no idea she's wearing a Hebrew CTR ring. It's kind of hmm. cool. Hmm. Neat. I like that. Uh, here, Here's a story for you women. Two stories, as a matter of fact. Uh, one, I have been particularly inspired by this. Uh, we mentioned this, but I had no idea that it was this many. Uh, 50 women leaders that are called in 10 areas on five continents that are beginning to serve as international area organization advisors for the church. Uh, the women had their first virtual uh, meeting, everybody together. Um, and, and, and what these, uh, these women essentially are doing is they, they sit in large council all together, but then when different areas meet, it's not just the Area 70s and the like regional authorities and that. These women are part of those meetings and able to advise, sit, share feedback, uh, just as the, as the men are in that particular area. 50 of them uh, worldwide in 10 different areas of the church. And, and I just think that that's cool. So let me highlight a couple of the places where that's happening. Africa Central, the Africa South area, Asia North, Brazil, in the Caribbean, in the Nordic countries of Europe, in Mexico, in the Philippines, in South America Northwest, and in South America South. So those are the areas where those women have been called and are serving. And then similarly, but not exactly the same, uh, there is a brand new... Um, group of women 
um, that have taken President Nelson's uh, call to action where he said, my dear sisters, we need you. We need your strength, your conversion, your conviction, your ability to lead, your wisdom, and your voices. And there is a new group called Project Elect, and this is Women in Public Service. Uh, it's a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization with the primary goal of supporting women members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as they seek public office. The Church Communications Department was contacted for a response, uh, but it had also just received a copy of the release talking about the organization and were not ready to respond. Uh, a future uh, special episode of the Cultural Hall as we talk to the uh, folks behind Project Elect Women in Public Service to find out more about that. But it's essentially here in the state of Utah, there are it's 80 percent men to 20 percent women and that's probably being really really generous uh so mm -hmm. uh, empowering uh women of our faith to to run and to be elected and how they can support them i thought that was a super that's cool awesome. nonprofit. Very that's cool. really cool so now you guys friend. can both be right. mayors you guys can both be mayors congratulations <laughs> no one wants me as the sitting mayor a standing I mayor you have a friend who's going to run for mayor next year and so I'm excited to support her and help her with that. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. What do you have, Annette? So the two really quick things here. One is that we've reached the, the first anniversary of the Restoration Proclamation. And I bring that up. So I've heard people go, wait, that was a proclamation? Then yeah, I'm like, well, like the Family Proclamation and the Living Christ. It's, it's now it's the third one in that little package. So, yes, yeah, it wasn't just something that uh, President Nelson read in the sacred grove it was actually a, a proclamation i thought it was kind of cool and then the other thing I, I noticed i just found this yesterday uh, in my email so i'm sure this is not news to everybody um but now the uh the, there's the gospel voice app and you can go onto the website the church website and see details on that but you can enable your uh, google home or your alexa device or whatever and say play me this you know scripture or this uh general conference talk or, or whatever and and it'll do that there's that's that. that's cool. awesome. Where it, that. where it had been a little fumbly before, because I've done it before, yeah. but sometimes it'd be like, I can't help you. Sorry, pal. Nice or try. I'll, yeah, I mean, I'll, just, I'll, be like, I'll just do it manually on my phone, hit play and turn on the speaker. But if you can, it makes it, you know, making gospel study easier. It's awesome. Uh, this probably more of note for the folks in Utah, but certainly the world over. Uh, the church has been, that is the area presidency of the state of Utah. Uh, and this will subsequently go out everywhere as it is safe. Hey, they have started to charge leaders of the church, that being region and stake presidents, to start putting their focus towards a full-time return toward church as it is safe. Uh, they want to know what it looks like. They want to make sure that um, places are complying with the directives from state and local governments. But they have said, hey, guys, not for always. We want to get everybody back, so get, start giving us your plans, coming together with that some of that stuff. This is just a quick one as well. I love cool, weird, uh, like historical um, things about the church, and you probably know that we had our own money for a tick for a, a quick moment. The Kirtland Bank had uh, paper money that we printed. It was a huge travesty. You can read about it. If, yeah, so, some would say it was when the people in Kirtland, it's why we didn't end up staying in Kirtland because we did that. And then we were like, got to go keep these banknotes. See you later. Anyway, that that is a horribly boiled down version of that. Uh, also, at one point, we had our own coins 
that we minted, and that was actually here in the state of Utah. Uh, an 1849 Mormon $10 gold piece uh, and a $20 uh, gold piece. They're valued at like $1.2 million. There was one that was recently uh, for show here in the state of Utah. I'd love to hold one, to have one. They're pretty cool. Um, They've got uh, the all-seeing eye on one side and then um, various... what religious markers on the other side. I won't go into too much detail as far as that goes. You can Google it if you want to see it or find it at the show notes at theculturalhall.com. But then also um, there are uh, a, a bunch of relics, that is 50 relics of the restoration um, that the Department of Church History and Doctrine at BYU uh, have started highlighting to folks. And some of the things that you can see uh, are a copy of uh, Lucy Max Smith's 1830 Book of Mormon. These are things that you can see actually uh, in person. Uh, you can see the uh, a brown seer stone uh, with the appropriate little brown seer stone pouch. Uh, you can see the Liberty Jail door, the actual door from the old jail. Uh, people may or may not know if you go to the Liberty Jail, it's sort of um, most of it's just a replica of what Liberty Jail was. It's not actually Liberty Jail. Uh, Joseph Smith's handkerchief, Joseph Smith's Masonic apron, uh, a Manti Temple hair wreath, which is exactly what you think it is, a uh, wreath made out of hair, which is a little gross to me, but that's how they did it, um, a temple swimsuit. This one is a particularly of interest because in 1952, the church needed to raise money to build the L.A. Temple, and so they, oh, yeah. so they um, fashioned a... Very fashionable swimsuit, uh, and they called it the Mormon swimsuit, the Temple swimsuit, uh, of two of the iterations, and then they marketed them and sold them so that they could have money to build uh, the L.A. Temple. And you can see some of those artifacts in uh, in person. One thing with the swimsuit is that that was designed by Rosemary Reed, who was a very famous member of the church, Mm -hmm. and she designed swimsuits that were often worn in beauty pageants and that kind of thing. And there's some excellent books about her. She's a fascinating person to read about. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was her contribution. And she, another, another to the Los Angeles Temple. But another element was that, uh, if I remember correctly, it was President McKay came to her and said, okay, hey, we should probably have garment designs that are for women's bodies. How about you do that? Mm-hmm. So she, she was the one who helped design the garment for, for women. So yay, thank you, Rosemary Reed. For those of us who don't want to wear men's Amen. <laughs> How many more do you have, Annette? Just one. Okay. One quick one. Uh, and so I'll do uh, I'll do just a couple quick ones, then two, and then we'll I'll let you take us home. How does that sound, Annette? Sounds good. Uh, this from the area presidency in Europe. I'll read just a portion of it. You can see the complete um, transcript of it. They wrote a letter to to uh, Her Majesty the Queen after the passing of His Royal Highness the Prince oh. Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. The first paragraph, on behalf of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints across the UK and in the rest of Europe, we wish to express our heart- heartfelt condolences and deepest sympathy following the passing of His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh. Our thoughts and sincerest prayers are with your majesty and the royal family at this time of loss and mourning. May God bless you with his divine comfort. I thought that was super cool. It goes on um, to talk about, you know, his life and all the amazing things that he did in his time um, there. But I thought that was very sweet. I'd never heard of that, uh, 
coming from anywhere outside of the you know the Salt Lake Church, right? We send something yeah. about the thing that happened in North Carolina, the thing in Texas, the you know. But to know that it's coming out of an area presidency outside of Salt Lake, I thought was cool. noteworthy. Uh, people That's continue really cool. to talk about the Manti Temple and the preservation of Minerva Tykert's uh, paintings there. That is not yet over. Uh, it also has not yet really announced how they're going to be able to do it, though the church, once they announced, hey, we're going to just rip these things out, and everyone said, no, 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 they have since come back and said, oh, I, I mean, when we said rip them out, I mean, we're going to try our best <laughs> to preserve some of them. Um, but I know, but I know that even as recently as this last Sunday, a group of 150 supporters gathered together, broke bread, then marched on Provo City's Hall uh, just to be able to to talk about it, to show solidarity for, to encourage uh, people to consider preserving as much, if not all, that they could of those paintings there in the Manti Temple, and then finally I hope this. They can. Well, and that makes it, I hope they can be like, like the Logan Temple was, is, of course, all four of the old Utah temples are getting redone. Um, but Logan was redone in the late 70s before it hit the 100 year mark. And it was basically gutted down to being a stone shell and then rebuilt. Yeah. And so we did lose everything, know, everything in the Logan Temple. It, it And it, that breaks my heart. Like if you, and it's, uh, yeah. So if we can prevent that, that would be great. I mean, I understand the need to update things and make things more accessible and, 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 you know, and, and expedite the work and all that. But if we can also also save the murals, yes, please. You know, and some of that some of that restoration or updating is, you know, for the Salt Lake Temple, it's seismic. Um, for the Manti Temple, I know that part of it is in addition to getting away from the live ceremony that allows you to do things in various languages if people come through and the people mm -hmm. don't have to move about the temple as they do the temple ceremony. Uh, I heard... You know, in the you know the little dark corners of the internet, someone said something to the effect of, "Why don't they keep the Manti Temple as essentially uh, a museum, or you know, a allow it to be sort of a landmark like that, and build another temple in Ephraim or somewhere else in that Manti Valley that could serve as uh, you know a servicing temple where people could come through, be able to hear it and do their endowments and all those things, but allow the Manti Temple and its paintings therein to be preserved. I don't know that will happen, but also, I mean, when you're calling out 20 temples in a, in a general conference, I'm not going to say President Nelson wouldn't do it. He'll throw one in Ephraim. Don't, don't challenge him. Um, I mean, you know, if you've got $10 million extra dollars just lying around, sure, sure. let's just have it be, be in a museum. Listen, we've so got $100 billion, Janae. We've got plenty of money, but we've also got plenty of things for that money to go to. I don't know if we have just, let's just make another temple for kicks. Fair, fair enough. Not for kicks, not for kicks, not to be disrespectful, no. But I, I don't know if we can just have an entire museum temple because it's know. fun. I don't know. I, I like the suggestion only because it's thinking outside the box. Right. Is there some, yes. What else could we do? What else? What yes. else? Let's, let's think of other options. And I, I yes, like that. That's true. And that to that point, true. if you're going to have a museum temple, it should be the Manti Temple. Very like, true. Uh, of, all <laughs> the true. of all the temples in the church, I mean, Arguably. Yeah, I may, maybe Manti. Salt yes. Lake would be your other one where you open it up and say, hey, come to Salt Lake and see what the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is all about and kind of connecting us to the roots maybe and then we have all the other temples in the area where you can actually go and do temple work but i don't know 
that were worth noting. Uh, quickly, if you guys did not know, you can now get like Cliff's notes of General Conference. So you get the Leahona that has a complete transcript of it. You can also get them almost immediately after General Conference uh, on your your Gospel Library app and be able to listen to them there. You can be able to read through them there. But uh, the Church News puts out. These cool printable PDFs where it's like Elder Gary E. Stevenson, and then it's like the highlights of it, of his particular talk. So if you don't have enough time, almost immediately available, and it's one page for each session. You can see who spoke, in what order, what they spoke about, kind of the highlights. Obviously, I would encourage you to get the whole thing, but if you didn't or couldn't for whatever reason, uh, the Cliff's Notes of General Conference is pretty awesome. And then find and the other fine things too. Like, oh, I know there was a talk, and it was probably this session. You can just flip through it and find it, and then look at the real thing. There's a lot of good uses. That's cool. Yeah. Where do we find those? Uh, will it be I, linked at theculturehall.com. It will, in fact, be linked at theculturehall.com, Janae. <laughs> And then finally, this story. I thought this was kind of cool and so clickbaity. Uh, did an Anglican priest invite a Latter Day Saint apostle on a mission? Uh, this is uh, Reverend Doctor Andrew Teal, a theologian of the Church of England, said to Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve, "Hey, you know what? We should we should go on a mission together and tell people about Christ. Wouldn't that be cool?" And El- Elder Holland is like, "Yeah, sure. Let's do it. I'm in." It, uh, it's a companionship like none other before. It's obviously clickbaity, and it talks about how we are doing interfaith work and all of these things. But the idea of, first of all, an apostle kind of leaving his wife behind like in olden days and being like, hey, babe, hold down the fort and the grandkids. I'm going, you know, out on this mission. In a couple of years. Yeah, see, I'm going to take just, you know, no purser script. We're just going for it. Uh, and then to have it be with someone of a different faith, I thought that was particularly interesting. That's cool. Elder Holland's so awesome. Like it's one thing that I loved was um, getting the kind of behind the scenes moment. So when my dad was over the BYU Jerusalem Center, he um, ended up emailing back and forth with Elder Holland because that's Elder Holland's what's one of the things he's over. Um, And so there's just my there's one email that my dad printed out and showed us that said, um, "Dear Mel, my dad's name is Melvin. So dear Mel, can I call you Mel?" And I was like. (laughs) Like you're going to tell Elder Holland he can't call you something. You're like, yes, you can call me. And then he signed it, Jeff. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that is so weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's, he's just awesome. As if we didn't already know. Yeah, right? yeah. Tell me something I didn't know, Annette. Exactly. All right, bring us home. <laughs> All right. Well, that just be a slight downer here. Uh, there is a volcano erupting right now in Jamaica on St. Vincent Island. 20,000 people have been evacuated. A week ago today, the Prime Minister of the of Jamaica called, declared it a state of um, disaster. It erupted the very next day. And then, you know, there are all these things. The church connection is that um, one of our chapels is, is now being used as a shelter um, on the south end of the island. So we've got, and this the volcano itself, since they we're talking, this is like like a French name, and so I don't speak French, and I'm, I, I I butcher it, so we'll just say it's on Saint Vincent Island. Mm-hmm. You can look up the volcano name yourself. You don't want to um, say La Soufflée, La Soufflée. Richie said, "Give me some Spanish, and I'll speak Iranian, but not not French." Um, there's now 85 shelters on the island, and one at least one of them is um, or one of our chapels, and the church is working to bring water and food and supplies. To the people, um, there is including like shipments from Puerto Rico, which I thought was interesting, um, trying to help out those people. And so far, nobody's died from at least the last report I saw. But um, 
So yeah, it's just kind of cool. And you realize again, just how worldwide we are and we're not going to turn away someone who's, you know, in need of shelter. It's just, Oh, you're not one of us. No, thank That's not how this works. So there are three branches on St. Vincent, uh, and 716 members on the Island. I was interested to know that. That's way cool. All right. Are you guys ready to wrap this thing out? We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope that if you were too sick to listen this week, you'll be healthy and to listen up healthy enough to listen next week, including Brother Kyle. And we hope that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row. Of the, of the cultural, cultural hall. hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be 